What is going on, everyone? Jonathan here with the Venue RX podcast. And my guest today, I met just a few months ago while I was at Wedding MBA. It was my first time attending. And I had the opportunity of only catching a very, very small portion of his presentation. But it is something that I am really excited about hearing more about. And actually, we're going to have him back on the podcast to discuss that very topic and the power of storytelling as it relates to venues and venue tours and, and, and sales, really. And I I am excited to dive in with him on that. But today we are going to have a very focused conversation around venue tours. I would like you to welcome my guest today, Ian Ramirez. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Excited to be here. I'm excited about this conversation because as someone who runs five different wedding venues and is constantly working with my team on how to better tour and really meet the needs of those couples that are coming to us, this is a topic that is so important. And for any of my venue owners listening, I mean, this is the Venue RX podcast. Ian, right now, I'm excited about the prescription that you're going to give us to yes. be very dorky. I'm, I'm excited about this. And I want to start off with a, a quick origin story. How did you get to be the venue director at uh, Madera Estates? Yes. So small backstory, my family opened Madera Estates about 10 years ago, and I came into working here at Madera Estates. I had an opportunity to become a business partner here about five years ago. I had moved back from Europe. I was singing professionally as an opera singer. And initially I thought it was going to be an interim um, kind of transition period for me. And then uh, much like we were discussing, I got sucked into all things weddings and I loved it. Every wedding to me is like a little mini opera production. So we've got our, our star players, we've got our leading lady and our leading man and our, our behind the scenes crew, our stage managers, our wedding coordinator. So it was a, it was a natural fit for me. And so I got sucked into to all things weddings and I, and I love it. It's a very creative outlet for, for me. That's such a cool cross between those two things. And I love how you related your passion for opera and singing. And that's something you still do today, correct? Yes, that's right. Uh, I still sing professionally and I have a, a private voice studio here in the North Houston area. That is so cool. I love finding out about, you know, really cool things that the people that we have on the podcast do outside of the wedding world. That is, that is neat. And you solidly hold that spot. We have no other opera, professional opera singers who have ever been on the show. So that's a, that's a huge congratulations right there. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be the first. I love it. So you join Madera States. It's your family's uh, venue, correct? Yes, that's correct. So at that point that you, you shifted into the role, did you immediately kind of feel a gravitational pull towards one side of the business or another, whether it be operations or marketing, or did you kind of wear all the hats for a little while until you settled into the current role that you're at? More of the latter that you described. So I explored many different facets of the business in the beginning, everything from sales and coordination of weddings to marketing, social media. Um, and now that I've had the opportunity to experience all the different facets of what makes Madera tick, I had the opportunity to step in uh, as the venue director and now as a business partner and co-owner to really lead us into what is the next foray of, of Madera Estates. This year, we'll be celebrating our 10th anniversary, actually, 
in September. And so I'm really excited um, to, to take all the information that I have learned in my short five years, really, of being the venue director and sharing it with uh, not only your listeners, but the, the wedding industry as a whole. I, I love that. And that's so much value. And we're going to get through it today. But like I said, we will have to have you back on because I don't think it's something that we can cover, you know, in, in a short amount of time. We really, I really do want to unpack it. So let's get right in though. Let's talk about the tour because this is that moment, right? When hopefully if your marketing is doing a good job, you know, you're, you've, you've got them, uh, the couple has, has arrived at the venue. Talk to us, tell me about, and the listeners here about your mindset and kind of mantra around tours. And, and if you could even give some, some practical tips, I would absolutely love that. Yeah, absolutely. Jonathan. So I like to frame the venue tour mindset into almost three stages. Um, the, the pre-tour process, the during the tour process and the, and the follow-up, right? The post-tour process. And for me, what I hone in on and share with my sales team here at the venue is that building that personal connection is one of the most important elements that you can achieve with your venue tour process. Um, and at the end of the day, that is what is our bread and butter as a venue. We need to get them here to the venue to not only fall in love with the space, but fall in love with the person that is showing the space. Um, and so I find that we are at our strongest when we can be belly to belly with this person. Yes, you can build that rapport via an email or a phone call or a text message now. I feel like everybody's texting these days, um, which is great to get to them in a quick manner. But at the end of the day, we want to get them in the door for that tour process because we know that's where we are our strongest. And that's where every venue should be the strongest as well, in my opinion, as a part of the sales process. So if we talk about this idea of the three stages, what can we do in the pre-tour process to get them to connect with us more on a, on a personal level? And so I would say two of the takeaway tips that I would have, uh, these practical tips that you're asking for. Uh, the first one would be at the end of the day, all of these leads that are coming to talk to us, they're researching us, they're getting on Google, they're getting on Wedding Wire, The Knot, Instagram, falling in love with you and stalking you, if you will. Why shouldn't we do the same in, in return? So the more that you can learn about the prospect before they come into the tour, I find that it adds to your ability to connect with them on a personal level, especially for some of our venue owners that may be listening or uh, salespersons that are listening that struggle with maybe striking up conversation with people. You know, I know Jonathan, you and I, we probably could talk for hours because we're both very personal, we're very outgoing. But for those of us maybe that don't have that natural ability to talk to people, I think giving yourself ammunition, if you will, uh, to talk about during the tour. So if you find out maybe that they went to Texas Tech, I'm, I'm here in Texas. So we have a lot of couples, university couples that come in. That's a talking point for me. Oh, I know I have this in common with XYZ. Um, the other element that's a practical tip for me that I like to share with other venues is maybe consider sending your follow-up confirmation ahead of the tour. Include a short bio or photo even of the person that is giving the tour. 
Um, now some venues may not have the ability to do that because they either have multiple salespersons and you're not sure who's going to show them that day. But I, I have a quick story. I'll tell you, I'll keep it short. Last year, our AC went out and we were scouting bids for a new AC unit. And the company that we picked ended up sending a rep out before the appointment. They sent us a text message and a short bio of the person that was coming to meet with us. Hmm. And, um, it was a friendly face, especially if somebody's at home by themselves, they have a stranger coming to their house. And I thought, wow, that's a great way to humanize the appointment process, the person process, and share a little bit about the salesperson. And they may have something in common with that person. They may come in and be like, oh my gosh, you're Ian. I just found out you're an internationally trained opera singer. My sister is an opera singer or, oh my gosh, you love Netflix. I love Netflix. And so I don't mean to make it as nominal as that, but I think immediately before they even come in the door, they build that rapport with the person that is leading the venue tour. Um, so in the case of our text that we send either that morning or the day before, we not only include who's leading the venue tour, a photo of them, but we also give them a little reminder of where to meet that person. So it's another way to reduce friction, right? We talk about this idea of friction being an awful thing for the sales process. So we remind them of where to meet us. So they're not lost knocking on a random door that morning. So I would say that's the first element that I like to talk about when I'm talking about the tour process. Any thoughts on that in terms of like the pre-tour process? No, I that literally is so powerful. That's not something, you know, we've talked about that. That's been a topic that's come up in, in the conversations with our sales team. But, and I've said, oh, you know, the part about giving them the direction. Absolutely. We've, we've touched on that, but I love that piece on giving them a little bit of information about the person who's going to tour because yeah, immediately it kind of creates this opportunity for something in common. And we tend to like people more who we have things in common with. Like it's easy to make that personal bond and that's what you're after. That's, that's brilliant. I, yeah. I'm, I really hope anyone who's listening to this or watching on YouTube that, that you can take and kind of implement that right away, because I know that it will, it will fast track the process to developing that, that personal connection. I love that, Ian. Okay, so we're here at pre, pre-tour. We move to during the tour. So now you've you've texted, you know, you've done the follow-up, you've given them the direction, they're coming to the right place, we've reduced the friction, we've introduced ourselves. Now you're on stage. I love that you made that analogy too. Oh, I so did, the first act. On the stage, Yes. Right? Yes. Um, so there's a couple elements that I like to talk about the during the tour process. Our, our ultimate goal, of course, is to show them our venue and show the beauty of our venue. But I think what I mentioned earlier is getting them to fall in love with you just as much as they're falling in love with the space. So one thing that I love to talk about and that I share with my team as we're showing the venue is guiding them to build a personal connection during the tour. Um, and so some of my favorite tips that I share with my team to build rapport with people as they come in the door. Um, first, I would say smile. That's the easiest thing on my list that I can say that we can do. At, at the end of the day, if you can't do anything else on your tour, smiling immediately lowers their defenses, right? They may be nervous. They may be excited. Um, and so giving them that 
giving them that open door, if you will, right? We want to lower any walls that we may have up. So smiling is a great way to build that personal connection. Again, some of these may be basic, but I think they're really great reminders for us as we're, as we're leading our venue tour. I think it's brilliant. Just really quick on that. That's so brilliant because yes, it is basic, but we need the reminder because as professionals in this industry, we've got our papers or our iPad and we're trying to remember and we're in like game mode. And it's very easy to come across transactional instead of relational. And that is brilliant. Like you smile and you're immediately like, that's telling them, Hey, I'm open to like making this relational personal connection. That's brilliant. Cool. Yeah. And I think kind of piggybacking off what you were saying in terms of not having this transaction, right? At the end of the day, this is a very emotional purchase for people. We know that weddings are emotional and so is the the tour process, right? Oftentimes when they come to the venue, this is the first thing that they're doing right after they've gotten engaged. So they may be overwhelmed. So our goal, right, is to give them that sense of comfort. They want to feel safe in this space and smiling absolutely does that. The next thing that I think really helps allow people to feel comfortable, to trust you. Um, We talk a lot about trust in our selling process because weddings are an investment, right? And if I'm going to spend this money, 35, 45, $55,000 with you, I need to trust you. And so a lot of that comes down to for us is what is the dialogue during the venue tour? It's not a monologue. We're going to make some more singing and theater references here today, I guess. Uh, (laughs) It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. And you don't want to go around your venue tour talking about your amenities, showing this and that and how great this is. At the end of the day, you want to engage them in conversation. Chances are most of your couples, they have two eyes. They can see, right? They understand that they're in the chapel. They understand that they're in the reception hall. I think our goal is, especially in the transition of spaces, is to ask them great questions and open-ended questions specifically. You want to continue the conversation. You want to continue the dialogue throughout the venue tour and not talk about amenities. Um, And I'm sure you've experienced this. You probably share this with your team as well. You're not going to get to the next answer. You're not really going to find out what maybe their true why is or maybe what they're really after if you don't ask these questions. So I think it's really important in our industry uh, and especially during the venue tour to be curious. Do you find yourself that you're curious asking curious questions, Jonathan? That uh, You said open-ended questions and I was immediately on board like that. So open-ended, I am curious because I generally when I am doing tours and usually I end up touring each one of these properties before I hand it off, I want to know the things that I have in common with them, just like you were saying in the beginning. And in my past experience, I haven't done as great of a job in asking those questions up front. So I've tried to ask the questions, the personal questions during that tour process. And, and this is just something that I've done. I don't necessarily recommend anyone do this, but like those, it's those questions that I'm asking that are like, Hey, you know, where did you guys get engaged? Or, you know, Hey, like taking a personal interest in them. And then they start opening up the walls, start lowering. And then we can get to have a real conversation, not just like, Oh my gosh, how much is this going to cost me? Okay. Here's a bathroom. (laughs) You know, well, and I think ultimately it comes down to um, the previous point that I made about trust. When you ask these open ended questions, you're getting to know them. You're building your arsenal along with 
the information you have, maybe, you know, pre-tour you're stalking them. You have this arsenal of information to really understand your buyer. And once you understand the buyer and what they want and what is most important to them, that's where that trust factor comes in. And that's where you can really close the sale. So asking questions, even as simple as what's most important to you on your wedding day. Sometimes that's a loaded and difficult question for people, but oftentimes our clients know what's most important to them. I just want my friends to have a good time. I want there to be good drinks and good music. Most people around our age are a little bit younger than us. That's typically what's most important to them, right? They yeah. want to have a good time. Yeah. Um, and so highlighting the elements at your venue where they're going to have a good time and, and painting their picture on the venue tour is I think a crucial element to the tour process. You know, another element that I really find helps bridge that, that personal gap is remembering their name. Are you good at names, Jonathan? You know, I'm horrible on the first time. I hate admitting this uh-huh. on air. Horrible. On the, first time. <laughs> the second time though, usually after I've apologized, I don't forget. So, but it, yeah, I'm, I need to work. You, you touched on a, on a, on a learning opportunity for me here. Well, and for the listeners that are joining us today, I think it's really important to, to remember people's names. At the end of the day, that's the word in, the, in, in our language that you probably hold most dearly to your heart. When somebody shares a name with you, Jonathan, I'm sure you're like, oh man, that guy's cool. His name is Jonathan, right? Yeah. Or for me too, when somebody says Ian, I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it, it does two things for you as the salesperson. It shows that you're a good listener, first and foremost. And number two, you are, along with smiling, you're diffusing that wall, right? They may up front have that wall up um, going in to buy something. But when you're getting them to relax and feel safe, repeating their name oftentimes does that. And so I think the the more that you can repeat their name during the tour process, the, the better off you are. Now, at the end of the day, not everybody has this capability or this gift, if you will, of remembering people's names, especially, you know, I'm sure we get listeners on here that say during the tour process where there's like six people in the tour, you know, you got like bridegroom, mom, dad, mom, dad, or, you know, whoever's there. And I'm not saying that you have to remember everybody's name, at least if you can get, if it's the bride and groom, bride, bride, groom, groom, or whoever's there on the tour, if you can remember their names, I think it would behoove you to, to, to practice that. And, you know, there's some ways that you can cheat too. If you forget people's name, we mentioned forms earlier that sometimes when, you know, clients come in or prospective clients come in for a venue tour, they may fill out a piece of paper. Well, if you keep that clipboard with you, if you need to like sneak a little look every now and then when they're not looking or their backs are turned, you definitely have that ability to, um, to, to sneak that look. So repeating and remembering people's names, I think are another important tip for during the tour process to, 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 to make people comfortable. So the repetition, does that generally help you remember, or are you naturally gifted with a fantastic memory? So I naturally uh, can remember people's names pretty well. Okay. Uh, my background in opera, oftentimes we were required to remember a lot of the donors' names. Mm. So we'd get pictures ahead of time and we'd see their names. So we'd remember them anytime we went to a, an event. Um, but I generally will remember the person's name and I'll repeat it before they even start the tour so that we could even add this to the pre-tour process. Yeah. Okay. This person's coming in today, repeat their name and remember their name. 
Then also you have your, your little cheat sheet if you have their intake form or any other form that you may create and have them fill out. And then during the tour, I personally make it a goal for myself to repeat their name at least three to five times. So once when I greet them in the main entrance, sometime halfway through the tour, and then when I say goodbye to them at the end, definitely would be the minimum. So I'd say at least three times. And again, it, it shows that you're listening and it shows that you care and you know, you're engaging them. It's more direct when you say their name and it's, it's less casual. So I would say definitely re- remembering and repeating people's names are, are very important. I, I love that. And that's so actionable. So again, if you're listening or watching, take the time, learn the names, even if it's a couple of names, it's almost like a challenge, you know, like yeah. can, can you remember them and can you use them? You don't want to do it in a creepy way, obviously, but I love <laughs> those like three pillars that you mentioned at the beginning. Hi, Ian. It's so nice to meet you. And Ian, I want to show you over here. This is something I think you would like. Right. And then at the end, Hey, Ian, it was so great meeting you. Yeah. And, you know, for the listeners too, that are looking for a little more practice, I don't know if you've read any Dale Carnegie, anybody that's listening, but he has a a little um, trick for for remembering people's names. And it's Lyra, look and listen, right? Right when they walk in the door, you want to look at them, make eye contact with them. I is impression. What do you remember about this person? R is repeat. We've already mentioned that repeat, repeat, repeat. And then sometimes you can make an association with a person when you meet somebody and you're like, oh man, this looks like my uncle Joe or they're sporty. Um, they like soccer. His name's David. There's David Beckham, David. So Lyra, L-I-R-A is a great an acronym for you to take home and practice if you need some additional assistance with remembering people's names. I love it. That just might make itself onto a reel. I mean, that is like amazing. Yeah. Really a quick rule of thumb. I, I love it. Take me through the post tour because we've kind of, we've been on this journey now, post tour best practices. So I would say best practices. My number one golden rule for the post tour process is include information that is pertinent to them. Do not send just some generic follow-up that is, thank you so much for coming out to tour Madeira Estates today. We want to continue that dialogue that we've already started. We want to continue the personal connection with them. So for example, if something came up on the tour that you know they one of their most important elements for their wedding is that they wanted a mechanical bull. And that's all they talked about. And believe it or not, I have had a mechanical bull at a wedding before. And it is a sight to see a bride in a dress on a mechanical bull. Um, including that in the follow-up email. Hey, Susan, it was such a pleasure to meet you today at Madeira Estates. I cannot wait to see you on your mechanical bull. Um, I'm looking forward to your wedding on March, blah, 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 blah. As promised, I wanted to follow up with and then share any additional information that you told them that you were going to share with them. But I think maintaining that personal connection is really important. Um, I mentioned this idea of maybe having somebody that, you know, went to Texas Tech. So at the end, if you want to put up Go Raiders at the end, you know, it's a little touch. Okay, yeah, he remembered that I went to Texas Tech. So maintaining that human connection, humanizing the follow-up process is really important for us. And then the last one, again, it's a dialogue. End it with a question. The worst thing you can do is please let me know if you have any questions. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, they probably have a million questions or they don't have any questions they can think of and you're stopping the conversation. So ending it with some other way that you can continue the conversation and I call it keeping the fush on the hook. We fish in our family. So how can we keep the fish on the hook? Right? Yeah. 
So I would say that those are probably my two most important tips for that follow-up process immediately after the tour. And then, you know, in this day and age, we want to make sure that we're maintaining a genuine sense of follow-up. And what I mean by genuine is we want to avoid, you know, secondary follow-ups from saying, hey, just checking in, are you still interested in our venue? We want to continue to add value. And I'm sure uh, many of our listeners have heard of that before. We want to continue to add value to, you know, their wedding uh, experience. So I'll bring up this example again of a mechanical bull. Say, for example, I haven't heard from a client after my initial follow-up. I may send another follow-up email and find a blog post that says, top 10 reasons why you should have a mechanical bull at your wedding. Hey, Susan, I found this blog that I thought you might really enjoy. Why don't you take a peek at top 10 reasons why you should have a mechanical bull at your wedding? I love it. Adding value, I am reconfirming something that she wants. And I'm also at the forefront of of their mind after the tour process. That is, that is so brilliant. I love those two, keeping the fish on the hook and then adding the value, continually adding the value. I think it's so easy to just have a follow-up process. It's like, any more questions? Hey, you know, I haven't heard from you in a while. Like, are you still interested? You know, asking these questions that don't really have, like, it's hard to grab. Yeah, I do have more questions or no, I'm in the middle of my, and so you kind of force someone into like putting up a boundary or putting up a wall. Well, that's what is salesy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just checking in. Are you still interested in our venue? And I'm like, well, yeah, but can you imagine getting an email where it's something specific and personal to them? Yeah. I love the bull. I love the bull writing example. It's so fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Let me tell you, a mechanical bull at a wedding is fun for our listeners. It was crazy, but it was fun. That's so cool. Well, Ian, this has been really, really impactful to me personally. And I know for our listeners and viewers as well, because you've given these, these points around the three pillars that we've talked about all the way from, you know, the initial info gathering and stocking, if you will, all the way to the end and kind of the personal follow-up. And, you know, I'm challenging our listeners to first go check you out. So where can people connect with you? They can find us online uh, on our website at www.maderaestates.com. Preferably go follow us on Instagram at Madera Estates or on Facebook as well, Madera Estates. And we're also on Twitter and uh, Pinterest. Very cool. So the second part of this challenge is take one of these things that Ian has shared with us today and implement it in your business today, this weekend. This is not going to get released for a couple of weeks, obviously, but the moment that you hear this, take this, include this into your repertoire and let us know, even reach out to Ian and, you know, send them a DM and say, Hey, you know, I heard you on the venue RX and you talked about smiling and my gosh, (laughs) you know, like we've told our sales team to to smile and now, you know, our tours are much more comfortable. Our follow-up feels better. Thank you so much, Ian, for the value that you provide today. This has been really fun. Thank you. It's an honor to, to be on the Venue RX. I hope the prescription I prescribed today uh, went down well, if you will. And uh, I love it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, we will we will see you in a future episode. We'll definitely have you back on. And uh, thank you so much for, for being here today. Thank you. Y'all have a good day.